0: I don't think I have anything compared to that other than the stuff that I know I I shouldn't be saying on the podcast. So
1: (laughs) I have a lot of those stories. I'm trying to think of podcast friendly ones. Is there
0: such a thing for a Vegas podcast-friendly story? Yeah, maybe this wasn't
2: a good topic.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Can't tell any of the good ones. Hello
2: my friends. Thank you for joining us for the PebCAC podcast. weekly information security show featuring some all-around good people it is week 25 of 2022 i'm chris Lee, and congratulations to the golden state warriors who captured their fourth nba championship over the last eight years also happy national hike with a geek day all our listeners are or know someone who self-identifies as a geek so please invite one or invite someone to take a hike today with me, I do not have Brian here this week, as he is seeing some much-needed and much-deserved time off, and we wish him and Korn well celebrating their wedding anniversary. Needless to say, there have been some hilarious messages in our group chat this week. Who we do have is Glenn Medina, who managed to dodge both the COVID and monkeypox after RSA. Glenn, what is your secret? Hey everyone, welcome back. Uh, happy to be here for this episode. I
0: don't know how I was able to avoid getting the vid, but I can tell you that I used Tito's Vodka as hand sanitizer and moth wash everywhere I went. I'm just kidding. Anyways, um, totally excited for this next week, guys. Uh, I want to put this out there that I think both my co-hosts, uh, co-hosts for next week will be in Vegas, and I will be in London for InfoSec 2022. So if you're listening from the UK, uh, come visit me. I'll be at booth T68.
2: Sounds good. This week, our guest is Marcus Andrews, someone I've wanted to get on the show for quite a long time, and the stars align, and here you are. Marcus, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Hi, Chris. Uh, Did you know that we've been friends for about 15 years? You and I met through grace, hit it off pretty quick, and, uh, you know, we became friends, and our bromance has been blossoming ever since.
2: Yeah, that is Uh true.
1: I've worked in uh, customer service, security, and most jobs in IT, so I consider myself a jack-of-all-trades or a master-of-none, or as my mom would like to say, a multi-talented individual.
2: And a multi-talented individual you are. So is there a good storyline
0: then? Hold on, is there a good storyline behind there with you knowing Chris for 15 years now? You got to give us a scoop here. What's the inside scoop on Chris?
1: Uh, You know, I met with uh, I met Chris through Grace. Um, Grace and I were really good friends. And then when they started dating and uh, Chris and I just had a lot in common, um, somehow we started dancing through San Francisco, holding pinkies and, you know. Oh, that's a thought. <laughs> that's oh, yeah. I, I think there's
2: actually <laughs> a picture of that. I think Grace took a picture of that. There's definitely a picture somewhere. One up. <laughs> nice. Well, yeah, the running joke was that I would move into a house near Marcus's and we would use a antenna to share Wi-Fi. Unfortunately, that never never came to fruition, but we did at one point have an IPsec tunnel connecting our two home networks together. And I remember visiting him and I had to go grab a file off my file share at home. And I just typed in the IP address of my server at home to grab the file without the need for any kind of VPN. So. Yes, we really geeked out over our tech, much to the displeasure of our wives.
0: That's really trusting.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Combined, we have decades of information security experience and are here not just to educate, but to entertain. We've got four awesome stories for you this week, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. As I mentioned at the top of the show, today is National Hike with a Geek Day, which is to promote healthy activity in people who otherwise work in sedentary jobs throughout the year, such as IT professionals, accountants, and the like. So go out there and get active.
0: So today's the day you can go, hey, go take a hike.
2: Yeah, literally go take a hike.
0: Literally, yeah. All right. Go tell your boss that.
1: Uh, I will this weekend. I'm trying to get to the lake for Father's Day, but we'll we'll see. Oh, yeah,
2: that's a good point. Yeah, happy Father's Day to all our listeners. Yeah, this episode will come out the day after Father's Day. We have a new segment on the show. We're going to call it Closing the Loop for Now, where we've had follow-ups to past stories, but not warranting their own segment. So the first story is going to be on on RSA 2022. Uh, Jack Resider from Darknet Diaries on Twitter said, I went to RSA once. The overall takeaway I got was all the talks seemed to say, we're all so screwed. But the vendor seemed to be saying, unless you use our product, and he was left wondering, which is it? We can't have both. So I thought that was a very humorous take on RSA, which is actually pretty true. If you go to the the talks there and and visit the vendor booths there. The next piece of closing loop is the NSO group. So the spyware maker, the company that makes the Pegasus spyware. They're in talks to be acquired by L3Harris, which is a U.S. defense contractor, which is, at least to me, extremely weird because they are on the U.S. Treasury's sanctions list. So maybe they hope if they're U.S. owned, they can be removed. Something definitely smells funny here.
0: Yeah, that is weird, right? The I, But I think that's just like the deal with, was it Hawk Tan with Broadcom buying, was it... Uh, what was that chip brocade? manufacturer? No, not, it was not brocade. Uh, Qualcomm, right? Qualcomm, uh, yeah. Qualcomm. Qualcomm, yeah. Where uh, it was blocked on national pres-
2: defense grounds.
0: Yeah, and then you know, I think uh, he he made Broadcom a U.S. Uh, company uh, by putting the headquarters here in Sunnyvale, uh, and then or in San Jose, and then they allowed the purchase of. Was it uh, Symantec? And then now some other new companies along the way as well. So don't know if that's related, but uh, interesting nonetheless.
2: Yeah, I don't know if that's a a means of laundering because NSO software is good. Like it's known as the best spyware out there. That's why every oppressive regime wants to get their hands on it. It's just Israel's export controls now prohibit them because they got caught spying on political dissidents and journalists. So, well... Time will tell. We'll see if they use it for lawful surveillance purposes or if this is going to get out of hand again. All right, for our opening topic, Marcus, you have over a decade of IT admin experience, and before that, you worked in private security. And I distinctly remember one story you told me which involved an all-hands team lunch, followed by missing emails on people's phones. A story broke just this week that cryptocurrency exchange Coinbase Coinbase is laying off 1,100 employees or about 18% of its staff in preparation for what they're calling a, quote, crypto winter. Those 1,100 employees completely lost access to emails, file shares, VPN, and the like, even before, even before they were notified that they were laid off. The company had to send layoff emails using personal email addresses. The justification Coinbase CEO Brian Armstrong gave was that the stakes were just too high to allow people continued continue access to corporate resources during this lame duck period after the employees knew they were being let go and before their access was terminated. Brian Armstrong goes on to say, and I quote, I realize that removal of access will, will feel sudden and unexpected, and this is not the experience I wanted for you. Given the number of employees who have access to sensitive customer information, it was, unfortunately the only practical choice to ensure not even a single person made a rash decision that harmed the business or themselves. On the one hand, this was a big scumbag move to cut off people's access without talking to them first. But on the other hand, you know I agree with Brian Armstrong that the stakes are extremely high with a crypto exchange. So was this the right move or the wrong move?
1: You know, in my experience, when it happened to us, uh, we had acquired a company and management told me at 1230 on the dot that we're going to take everybody to lunch. We're going to uh, inform them that they're no longer with the company, cut off their access. Well, what they had failed to pay attention to was that one of their managers was not at that lunch. So when I cut their access, I got a call from that manager saying, was I just fired? So put me in a very awkward position because I was... <laughs> Just doing what I was told to and hoping that management kind of had a a grasp on what they needed to do to inform their employees.
0: It's a trying time indeed, right? I I don't think there's a right or wrong answer to this. If you look at it from both sides, you know, the company is just trying to protect its assets. But from the human side of it, it is a scumbag move. Who likes to get fired? And especially when you talk to the tune of 1,100 employees... No one's ever happy about that, you know. In, in times like this, when gas is closing in on seven dollars a gallon here in California, thank you, somebody in politics, for doing that. Um, yeah, it's 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 not a fun time for anybody.
2: And I think the other the other mistake they they made for for your situation, Marcus, was that they not not telling the employees, and then also, why was that the guy's first? I thought like if 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 my email was cut off i would just say did did the server go down or did you know did you reset my password like that usually isn't my go-to moves like did i just get like unless they might have seen it coming like i'm guessing people at coinbase could kind of see it coming because right now in tech there's huge layoffs right now but that's usually not my go-to move when something breaks
0: yeah do you guys get nervous do you guys like cringe when you type in your password to you know like okta or you know or just some some application and you're like i just got blocked or my account says it's locked what happened (laughs) so you wonder if like did i just get laid off so
1: not that it's ever happened to me (laughs) i don't um i i've never had that mind frame but i've had a number of employees where they're either fat fingering their password or something um has prohibited them to be able to log in and they immediately go to am i fired so uh, that's not a new experience for me i have a handful of users that that's their go to move
0: yeah but you know when you type in your password a couple times you're like i know this is the password why is it why is it not working what's going on and it's like it can't be that bad i can't type it in multiple times and say that it's not right so
2: yeah, and then you get locked out and you have to call IT to reset it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys know anyone that like got fired and then did something malicious? Have you ever heard of that instance?
1: Um, I had a user who was let go and had decided to send an email to everyone in the company. Um, luckily, he did not have access to send an email to everybody <laughs> in the company. And it was very <laughs> he interesting.
2: He tried to. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. The choice words that was not very professional. Um, I luckily, knock on wood, it hasn't happened yet, but I'm sure it will happen.
0: I've heard stories of some, some folks like deleting file servers and I'm like, that's all on backup. Like, what are you really doing? And not only that, that's very malicious and in intent and you should go to jail for that one. That's that's logs
2: of everything. Everything's logged nowadays. How do people think they can get away with it? Like, I've heard stories of logic bombs, like, you know, as soon as my record is removed from the HR system, then launch this attack. Like, I've heard of logic bombs like that. I've never, thankfully, knock on wood again, haven't personally had to deal with that. Most of the employees that have been let go have gone gracefully, and uh, you know, the access was restricted and then, you know, terminated at the right time. Yeah. So, so, yeah, Chris, I feel sorry for the you
0: know 18% of the folks from Coinbase, and along with anyone else that may have lost their job. But do you, what do you think their severance was? Was it a good one? Was it like 25,000 Bitcoins at a depreciated value?
2: Oh, their severance. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I've heard of companies like saying they're going to pay people in crypto. And that'd be funny if they did give people severance in crypto. Like, what am I going to do with these? Like, itchy and scratchy dollars. Like, I can't buy food with this. But Yeah, I don't know. I guess the right move would be, you would have enough technical controls in place to account for malicious insiders. You would have things like DLP to prevent exfiltration. You would have the correct admin access that no one can just rmrf a server. You would hope those things are in place, but you just you just never know.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's good. You... It,
2: we talk about it all the time, right? It's
0: as good as the mouse trap that you build, but uh, there's always a mouse that's going to get
1: through. You know, Having represented a number of smaller companies, they don't have the IT staff to put that in place. They have just the know-how to put a, a desktop or sometimes a server on the network and create a file share. And there's sometimes a backup or sometimes a, a password policy. But past that, I would say a lot of small businesses don't really have good policies or procedures in place for stuff like that.
2: Yeah, small bizes I could definitely see like Coinbase. Like I expect them to do better, but small biz I I totally get that that you know admins they might even share passwords. They might do the thing where they write the password on a post and put it under the keyboard. So yeah, that that I can totally see. But a company like Coinbase, like they've they've been targeted with but with zero day attacks. Like they were targeted with two Firefox zero days a number of months ago. Or it might have been last year, and that's usually nation state level stuff. Like that this could have been North Korea trying to steal some crypto so i would i think and hope that coinbase has enough have had they have enough technical controls in place to hopefully stop a malicious insider because this is on a bad day you know what what if what if this is on a good day and somebody tries to turn someone
0: yeah i was talking to one of a co- one of a former colleagues last night when his wife worked for a travel agency and they went through a massive layoff in the middle of covid because you know no one was really traveling and yeah no she travel. had to yeah, she had she had to lay off a bunch of people and then at the end they informed her that she was getting laid off and I was like that is really low.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like how you do that the dirty work and then yeah, that's uh that's not how I would treat my employees. I'll, just, I'll I'll leave it at that. All right, for our first topic on the podcast here, we we typically try to avoid mainstream stories that already get enough media coverage, but This story just it just kept appearing in my feed over and over again. So I thought it was worth talking about on the podcast. Google has an AI powered chatbot called Lambda, and it's been training itself on data sets from all of Google. One of their engineers, Blake Lamone, thought it would be a good idea to go to the newspaper, The Washington Post, which happens to be owned by Jeff Bezos, who founded Google's rival Amazon and leak a story that Google's Lambda AI has become sentient because the chatbot told Blake that it was afraid of death and being shut off. Oh, the tech press went wild with this, and comparisons to Skynet were inevitable. Limoni's story does not provide enough evidence to make the case that the AI is conscious in any way. Just because something can generate sentences on a topic, it doesn't signify sentience. Given enough time and resources, I myself could program a chatbot that could beat the Turing test because, you know, the Turing test is meant to find out if a machine is self-aware, but if you game the system, you can achieve the result you want without actually making a self-aware AI. And that's exactly what happened here. The chatbot said what it was programmed to say based on what it's learned, and it's not actually self-aware and afraid of death. Did you guys catch this story in the news, reel this week?
0: I did not, um, but AI is an interesting thing, right? It's it's at what point can it start making its de- its own decisions um, based off of you know whatever algorithm it has to process? I I I, I don't think we're far. I mean, I, I'm reading a book by Jack Carr. Uh, it's the fourth in the series. is a former SEAL team guy, and it, one of the things that they've got, they've done is they've created this. You know, he's he's he has to interact with an AI platform that's able to make decisions and whatnot and has has progressively learned i it's using a quantum computer which you know it's 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 way way far my 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 realm of experience or expertise but if you know if you hear him talking about it it's it it seems like it's it's can't be too far away from reality so i don't know marcus what do you think
1: you know i'm dealing with I don't know, our internal systems and security and whatnot. Everywhere you go, the buzzwords are AI and machine learning. Um, And I totally understand those concepts. What I am not sure, and I don't have a ton of experience in, is if there are self-aware or self-AI capabilities that are able to get to that level i know they can teach themselves how to play games Um, i know tesla has a very awesome setup with their automated driving but uh, past very strict use cases where you're telling it how to do something i don't know how advanced it is that's just not an area that i'm familiar with either yeah
0: have you guys ever used a tesla
2: self-driving I actually just got the full self-driving for city streets, and it's it's as good as the original self-driving on the freeway was. It's it it still makes some mistakes. It's not as smooth as you would want it to be, but I know it's going to get better. Just like the autopilot on the freeway has gotten significantly better, I know the autopilot on the city streets is also going to get significantly yeah. better.
0: Yeah, and I say that because you know, I was the other day I was driving my father's. Tesla. And I had it on <laughs> autopilot and it went from, you know, five lanes or four lanes down to three down to two. And it went from really nice lanes on the freeway to construction zone. And it, and, and not only the construction zone, but it was kind of this gradual, you know, 60 degree turn. And I about just freaked out, and it was like, "Holy cow, this! I'm going to die because I'm heading into the semi." <laughs> so I had to grab the wheel, and then it turned itself off, right? And as you know, if you if you jerk hard enough, the the autopilot turns off. So I, I'm still at that. I'm leery, but I I get it how it's going to get better. But man, if you, I can see why people were dying because they totally had faith in that technology, and it's like, mm, not yet.
2: Yeah. Those are those people that thought it was literally autopilot that you could like take a nap in the back seat. So like, no, it's not literally autopilot. You still have to be aware. You have to grab the wheel because yes, there are instances where the autopilot won't know what to do or will do the wrong thing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll get there eventually, but it's usually those people that truly think it's a, an autopilot that get into trouble.
0: Yeah. But that's what this goes into,
2: right? Is this whole
0: thought that I, I guess if you look at it from an AI standpoint, it, it's a, it's a loop, right? It's how many times can you you do this decision tree, make it learn that, you know, like us, human beings, right? We, we stick our hand close to a fire, it gets hot, you pull it away, and then you still go do it again. At, at, at how many loops do you go, you know what, don't stick your hand in the fire, right? And that's, that's what you've got to train your AI to do.
2: Just advanced pattern recognition.
0: Yeah,
2: that's, uh, yeah. You guys ever deal with chatbots, like when you when you're talking to like Amazon or one of those services and they always make you talk to the chat bot first, like have you guys yeah. found out a trick to get a human instead?
0: Yes. You know what you type? Human operator. Yeah. Operator. Yeah. Human. Operator. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, I had to do an MR, uh, MRA an RMA on Amazon recently. And within the chat bot was able to process an RMA in under a minute. Something that had I had to call into Amazon and talk to the tech and explain what we were looking for, it would have taken substantially longer. I was pleasantly surprised at how fast this chatbot was able to go through the process of uh, sending me out a replacement part. So no, I had nothing but good experience with it.
0: Yeah. That works when they give you a bucket of things that you go and there's that other, because when I call it, it's always the other that is like, None of the none of the ten choices or the twenty choices you gave me fit the description of what I'm trying to accomplish. Other, there is no other. You have to hit. You have to. You have to try and hit one of those buckets.
1: No, trying to call into
0: these.
1: Yeah, I was going to say trying to call into these telecom companies where they they want you to speak into the automated system and it wants you to default to restarting your cable modem first or do certain things. <laughs> I, I get instantly angry because I'm uh, a little more advanced than that. And if I'm calling in, I'm having real issues and restarting my cable modem is not going to fix the issue.
2: Yeah. yeah. It's like, you don't think I've tried that already dummy. <laughs> I just,
0: I, 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 I just go, yes, I did it. Okay. Can you wait 30 seconds? Yes. Yes. I did it. It's still not working. <laughs> so...
2: <laughs> yeah. So chatbots, like Glenn said, it's good if it's something straightforward, but yeah, like like you said, when I have to call in, it's because I can't do it, you know, automatically or through the website. It's some weird corner case that says, Yes, I tried it through the website. The website's throwing an error, it won't it won't do it. I need to get a person on the phone to do this. It's it's usually that. And then when you call in it, it goes to the automated tree. Oh, go to our website. Oh, you can text chat with us now. Do you want to give that a try? No, no, no. Operator, operator, operator. And then finally after enough of the phone tree if you finally get a live person that can fix your problem in like 10 seconds for my trick on how to get a person on the phone so if human or operator doesn't work i usually ask when's the last time you ate a good steak and that usually confuses the chat bot and has kicked me over to a human or i say is that music i hear in the background and i think that confuses the chat bot too but maybe they'll be smart enough to be able to answer that someday
0: Yeah, I I, I like operator. I mean, I just keep typing operator, 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 operator. And Venture says, it sounds like you need an operator. (laughs) Like,
2: yeah, (laughs) no kidding.
1: I've had systems where no matter how many times you press zero or say operator, they they continue to want clarification on what department you want. And at this point, I'm frustrated enough to call in. And I, I do get violently
2: loud when talking to an automated <laughs> telecom system. <laughs> yeah. That fine knife edge you got to balance on. The, the good ones
0: that uh, come out of that is, we'll connect you to an operator. The whole time is six hours. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the heck?
2: <laughs> That's the worst. All right. For our second topic, this will be our InfoSec Twitter story of the week. A user on Twitter posted the following message. Got an email from my job saying all employees get a $30 gas card to alleviate high gas prices because we are required to drive clients around. Why, when I went to sign up, it sent me another email saying that I was fished by my tech department as a tester and then got assigned training. So the general consensus on InfoSec Twitter is that this was a scumbag move on the company's part. I see their point that you're preying on a serious issue. People do not have enough money for gas since the price has shot up this year and people in Los Angeles are paying over $9 a gallon. But on the other hand, you know that saying that all is fair in love and war, cyber adversaries will also be brutal and not honor such rules. So your red team should employ similar tactics to social engineer people into clicking bad links or opening malicious attachments. I think we need to find some kind of middle ground here. People will get tired of the shaming and inevitably, boom, inevitably move on. Maybe that's better education and proper security, which might go a long way.
1: You know, well. we've uh, we've been hit with this as well. Um, we use an automated fish training simulation uh, setup, and it was requested that we remove. HR and IT-related content uh, because it was upsetting the users. There were a couple of automated emails that went out to the effect of, uh, you are no longer with the company.
2: And <laughs> oh, wow.
1: <laughs> the head of HR was not uh, appreciative of that. My my boss's response was, the bad guys are going to do the same thing. Um, yep. It's not, uh, we're just doing what the industry is doing, um, And in the long run, while we both think that it should have stayed, we were kind of overruled on that one. Um, And at this point, I believe most of our users aren't going to trust any email they get anymore, which is kind of the effect we're going for.
2: Yep, trust but verify. Yeah, I I
0: have a really good story. I just talked about this with my wife, and this had a very proud husband moment at this time, and. Not to say that, uh, like I said, I, my wife uh, seems to surprise me every time we talk. But uh, she uh, was uh, going to some training. And in that training, she was trying to get signed up. And they told her that she had a bad password. And she needed to get, you know, she had to go back to administration and and, and do a password reset, which seemed to be a lot more difficult than anything else. So she went to her manager and she said, hey, I'm trying to get into this system um, but it's telling me that only administrators, uh, had to set me up prior to this before I can sign up. And she said, then they told her, well, didn't you click on the link that we told you in email and go reset your, your, your password. And she goes, I saw it and I'll be honest with you. It didn't look official. So I just deleted it. Just like my husband tells me to do every time that I don't know where an email comes from. Kudos to her, right? And round of applause, uh, yep yeah, round of applause and they're like, "No, you're supposed to click on that and my wife says, "No, unless you tell me I should click on that like in my face, I will not click on any email. so good good for her and like I said, she's a great candidate now to hopefully uh, a good person that will never or hopefully not uh, have a higher rate of not getting fished. So I appreciate what uh, what she's told me.
2: Yeah, good for her. well done. It's a good lesson right there. Was that a phishing test or was that actually the the correct email and she was just <laughs> paranoid? It was the correct
0: email. They, they went after her like for three weeks in a row telling her. Because <laughs> well, they, had, I guess they had changed their training program and they wanted all the trainers to reset their passwords. The problem is, though, is, I, and I think we do this, you know, at, C, at C-Scale, you did that. And I think even at, you know, my current em- employment, right, is like hey we're changing the system there's usually an email that comes internally from the manager that tells everyone hey you're we're we're changing systems go ahead and trust this email right that's the appropriate yeah. way to do it not just yep. get this email from a third party that says hey you need to change your password because we're changing yep. the training program that's that's fish all day long in my in in my definition of things
2: yeah exactly
0: how about you Chris Does grace like to click on stuff she click happy
2: No, I I think I've trained her enough that she should not be click happy. And, you know, ever since I I was put in charge of, you know, IT security for the Louis household, like she hasn't gotten any of those someone stole your password. She hasn't gotten any of those someone stole your credit card uh, email. So I think hopefully I'm I'm doing a good job in fortifying the Louis household here.
1: That's awesome. I'm going to send a flash uh, drive to your house and see if she... Pops it in the computer. Plugs it in.
2: <laughs> I think the the other story was one that you told us, Glenn, about. Oh, no, I know. Fish. I, so
0: the one fishing train that we used to have at Bluecoat was they would send this email out and we would we would click on the, the link, but we would run it through our... That was you know, it, yes. The sandbox. Yeah. And no. then the... And then we would come up on a report and says, Hey, Glenn Medina clicked on this. And, and in and some other SEC. see, look how many SEs we caught you know, doing this. And what they didn't realize is we were clicking on it, but we were clicking on it in a sandboxed environment, trying to figure out if it was real fish. So that way we could tell, we could tell, you know, the. Uh, warn everyone else. Yeah. Warn everyone else. So, yeah. And so they went back, the CISO, the, we, we went, our SE leader went back to the CISO group and said, Listen, You didn't catch these guys. So you could take them off your list. They were actually looking to see if you guys were uh, if it was legitimate or not.
2: Yeah, I think that was that was where I was want wanted to go was just because someone clicked on a link, it doesn't necessarily mean that they've been fish. It's if they type in their username and password, it's at that point usually that you can consider them successfully compromised. Like just clicking on a link. I I know like all the training says don't click on the link because it could be a drive-by download, it could be a browser exploit, but I mean the real I think the real test is: Does somebody type in their username and password?
0: Yeah, and, and I'm one for never using my real username and password. Like, if I go to Panera, Starbucks, McDonald's, and it says, "Hey, please type in your username and password," it's Joe at AOL.com. So, Joe at AOL.com, if that's your email, just I want to let you know right now, it's me. That's he's that's getting bombarded. Up. Yeah, you're getting bombarded <laughs> by me. So. <laughs>
1: I, my my similar story is the security questions it asked you uh, none of my security questions are accurate so if you're trying to find out where I went in first grade you, you'll never know yeah the
2: yeah. problem is when it comes time to reset it you're like oh wait what did I put for that one unless you know it and you, you use it consistently
0: yeah if you yes. always put December 25th 1941 <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, for our third topic, Apple demonstrated technology at their annual worldwide developer conference called Private Access Tokens, or PATs, and this could potentially kill the CAPTCHAs once and for all. So those CAPTCHAs are those annoying things like, you know, are you a robot? And they make you click on all the signals or click on all the trees or click on all the bridges. very annoying, and it gets in the way of your your normal workflow, but it's needed to stop these bots. These private access tokens require a device to communicate with an attestation server, and this, entirely, this entire solution has privacy built-in and will stop those annoying Are You A Robot prompts. A device will send information to the attestation server such as hardware information, device posture, time since last unlock, and ensuring a digitally signed application is in the foreground of the device. The attestation tokens are single use and prevent replay attacks captchas are are used to prevent things like click farms or robots from performing automated actions like signing up for accounts or being used for click fraud review bombing and the like i really like this idea and i hope it gains traction so i never have to read another captcha again Uh, but right now it's it's only restricted to uh, apple devices so iphones ipads and macs running the latest operating system so, sorry, Windows and Android users.
0: You don't see the problem with that, though, Chris. The, the idea that they have information or bits of information of your device
2: being sent, even though it could only be used once. So the the privacy piece of it, and the the tech on, on the I actually reviewed the, the technical side of it. it it's they. In true Apple fashion, they did it in a way that really protects privacy. So they they have separation of duties. Like the attestation server doesn't know where you're going. And the server that knows where you're going, all they know is you have an approved attestation ticket. They don't know anything about your device. So each party knows something, but the two parties never talk to each other directly.
1: That would be similar to like an Apple card and Apple payments, correct?
2: Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, or like you know, they they have you know the hide my email. They have the uh, iCloud Tor network. They have all these privacy things built in, so it's it it's to prevent anyone from tracking you.
0: And do, do you think this is going to be used by other companies as well? Because you know, for 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 the most part, all the captures are related to the fact that you know some it's it's happening on Google, right? It's sensing something, and the captures are associated with that. But that's a that that's where I've always been caught, right? Is coming through some type of proxy or some type of multi-service like a Proton VPN, where it's it's seeing a a bunch of inquiries from a single source IP, right? That's where that's really coming from.
2: I mean, even like s- signing up for Panera, like if you sign up for a Panera Rewards account, like yes, you are definitely gonna get hit by a captcha, and that's only because they don't want people gaming the system and automatically creating and generating these accounts, so. Usually, account creation or suspicious activity, like you said, will trigger one of these CAPTCHAs.
0: If it works, and they could do it without really letting on that anyone's got their information. But lo and behold, you know, CAPTCHA server at Apple gets hacked. (laughs) Thousands and millions and petabytes of information have been released containing personal information of users. Not to say that's not impossible or possible.
2: Well hopefully they're Maybe like Cloudflare and they have like a twenty four hour log policy. After twenty four hours the logs are automatically purged.
0: Yeah, that would be good.
2: Yeah, Cloudflare is participating in this Apple captcha program. They're you know one of the world's largest CDNs. Uh Cloudflare was also known for capturing every single Tor browser request, which really annoyed the Tor people. But uh, like yeah. Cloudflare is like, oh, it's right for abuse. Like, oh, not really. It's really annoying that Tor. You just have to capture everything that's behind Cloudflare.
0: Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm probably more inclined to trust what Apple's doing, uh, simply because of the things that they have. The Hide My IP, I thought, I think is really cool. I think that's a great feature for making sure that no one can track you. Um, from from that standpoint, um, I haven't taken advantage of the email, um, the secondary email that you could use. Uh, I don't know if you guys have done that, but I guess I guess along the lines of if they're, they're doing it for a good cause, I guess I can get behind that.
2: Yeah. And Apple's not an ad company. I think that's, that's the strongest argument for me on why I should trust Apple. Apple is not an advertising company. Now they can make money selling ads like in the app store, but they are not an advertised company like a Google or an Amazon or a Facebook. They don't need to make money selling your information. They make, Enough money selling iPhones.
0: Yeah. And trust me, I, I think I have enough Apple products in my in my household right now. It's just ridiculous.
2: And that's where the Apple tax goes. They don't have to sell your information because you pay the Apple tax.
0: That's it.
2: Mark, you use the private relay or hide my email? Any of the new security features added in iOS 15?
1: You know, I haven't uh, used it much. I've used it some, uh, but not a ton of experience there. I like the idea behind it uh, because I do believe with the systems being separate and the tokens hitting one spot to another, that's awesome. But uh, dealing with MFA and constantly having to have my phone on me for everything I have for text or push alerts or push, putting in that key um, it's just another reason why I have to have my phone on me. And I've noticed I've had phone fatigue where I just want to leave it in the other room or, or not take it with me. And, but it's just uh, not that CAPTCHA is a huge deal, but just another reason why I have to have my phone with me at all times.
2: Or get an Apple watch and have your phone in range or get the cellular Apple watch.
1: Yeah. But with the phone fatigue, now I'm having, I I do have the cellular Apple watch, (laughs) but I I got the the device fatigue. I just, I just want to unplug um, and I, I've somehow paid that Apple tax. When I look at how many iPads and iPhones and Apple Watches and MacBooks that are in my house, it, it wasn't. I'm not a Mac guy. I'm not an Apple guy. But it happened, and I guess I am.
0: Yeah, I, I'm with you on the the uh, the equipment fatigue, the monitor fatigue. I, at some point in time, I try to make. I try to make five, between 5 p.m. and 7 p.m., you know, sacred time where I'm not on there, um, especially with, you know, dinner with the family and, and conversing. I, I'll i be honest with you. I used to be at this point where the phone had to be with me all the time. And it's just a nuisance when, you know, you just sit down to dinner and someone wants to call you because something's going on. Or, you know, there's, there's operationally something's happening. And I'm just at that point now where, like, someone else needs to get this. <laughs> I'm not going to do this anymore. So, oh, yeah, for exactly. sure.
1: And then with my, my daughter, and, yeah, with my daughter and my nieces, uh, we, we have no phone time where the phones have to be put away, and just seeing them be creative without playing on their phone or scrolling YouTube or doing whatever 12 year old girls do on their phones has been it, it's kind of fun to see that on the other side, kind of back when we were kids, pre phones and pre Netflix and pre YouTube kind of having to go outside and ride a bike or ride a skateboard kind of thing.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. We had to make our own fun. Yeah.
1: yeah. I
0: tell you, I tell you what, you know, in five years when I hopefully plan to retire and have uh, Mr. Elastic, uh, Chris Louie here with me and Brian Deach, uh, I think the thought is I'm going to go sell beach chairs or rent beach chairs, all, you know, and, and just sell the, you know, rent them for about five bucks a day. And just sit there and then count the beach chairs at the beginning of the day, count the beach chairs at the end of the day, and go, thank you guys very much. Flip phone if I have one, but uh, my kids will know where to get a hold of me. Yeah,
1: Chris, do you remember Living what you life. said you do once you retire? I've said a lot of things.
2: Was it, I'm going to be a barista at Starbucks, was that it? I don't remember exactly.
1: No, that's how <laughs> Sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> Chris told me he was going to be that guy who drives your car after the uh, car wash.
2: Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I remember that.
0: Because <laughs> even the guy that checks out receipts at Costco, at Costco. or, or Sam's
2: yeah. Club, that seems too much. I got to
0: count. I want to count.
2: I got to count uh, beach chairs.
0: Yeah. I, I want to be the guy that's standing next to the AC system or the water system at Costco that everyone avoids. Like, hey, I'm still here. You can come talk yeah. to me anytime you want. But yeah. like I said, if you want to, you'll talk to me. If you're not, then keep going by like the rest <laughs> of the night, the world does. And I'll still collect a check. So, yeah, so you
2: still want a yeah. quota after you retire. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I had this idea that it started with Vegas. But when I was in California at the beach last week, it kind of solidified it. You have those folks on the beach who go by and they're trying to sell you drinks or umbrellas or uh, yeah. whatever beach stuff is there. Nobody ever has sunscreen. So it's true. I. My retirement plan is I will be that guy on the Strip selling sunscreen here in Las Vegas because I'll drive down the Strip in the middle of summer and you'll see all these people who are bright red or pink for bringing out in the sun for too long. (laughs) There you go.
2: Million dollar idea right there. That's it. I'll just bring two guys to spray bottles and just spray
0: people
1: down. We'll be a duo. I'll have the sunscreen. You'll have the spray. There you go.
2: There you go. Partners. All right. For our last topic, and it'll be a rotating topic every week. This week, we're going to talk about funny Las Vegas stories. Now, Marcus, you've lived in Las Vegas for a very long time. You've also worked in private security. I'm guessing you've seen some things. Brian, a few weeks ago, said he saw someone climb up a street light pole and then fall to his death. I personally have not seen much crazy stuff when I've been to Vegas, the usual people peeing in the street or peeing in the Caesars Fountain, that's that's table stakes for, for Vegas. But there was one time, and this was at Black Hat DEFCON in 2019, and I met up with an old coworker out there, and we went to a pool party with a few of his uh, coworkers. This was at, at a night pool party, and his coworkers there, were, they were in their early 20s, so told party types. And we hung out all night. There was one guy in the group talking about his fiance and his upcoming wedding, which was fine. But later that night, we all parted ways and my buddy and I hit the black check table and we probably ended our session around 4am or so. And I was walking back to my hotel room and I spot my buddy's co-worker with his arm around a girl and he was hugging and kissing. And then I text my buddy and I ask if this guy's fiance is out there with him in Vegas. <laughs> and he says no. So <laughs> my buddy asked, Uh, His coworker about the next day, and he 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 pulled the whole shaggy defense. He's like, "Nope, that wasn't me. Nope, it wasn't me." But I 100 know it was him because he was wearing a very distinct necklace and a very distinct pair of shoes. So I definitely know it was him. And that is why, if my sources are correct, they moved VM World from Las Vegas to San Francisco because the legal department got tired of handling all the divorces and shenanigans that come with hosting salespeople in Las Vegas.
0: Wait, wait, but hold on! Didn't Oracle change their conference from San Francisco to Vegas because of all the nastiness that happens in San Francisco right now? Or yeah, past? different problem. <laughs> yeah, that's a different issue. It's it's peeing and pooping, but not from the uh, <laughs> not from the different not problem. from the yeah different yeah.
2: So so Oracle different. weighed a decision. They had a pro and a con column, and the pros or the, the potential cons of Vegas outweighed the cons of keeping it in San Francisco. So we'll, we'll put it that way.
0: Yeah. I, I hear urban legends. You know, I've heard of stories where, um, you know, people go there for conferences and then, you know, they rack up their credit card debt with with nightclub or strip club receipts. Um, some get caught with, you know, they call it... Um, you know, drugs and paraphernalia and, and ladies of night uh, or evening. And uh, those are like legendary. I don't necessarily know those people directly, but, you know, you hear these third-party stories and it's it's pretty amazing and, and funny.
1: You know, I was, uh, my previous life was a surveillance technician. Uh, one time I go into a strip club and we are setting up a system to log credit cards, IDs, with multiple cameras above, below. Um, You get full detailed footage of everything going on. And I remember my manager at the time pulling me aside and saying that this system paid for itself in the first month, apparently uh, at the strip clubs. Not that I'm a, a giant fan or have been to many, but I guess they have stripper dollars where you can go to the machine and get credit and then that credit, then you can disperse to the the young ladies working. And from there, um, what was happening was the gentlemen would get home and get their credit card bills and dispute the charges. And they were constantly having to give back all their money um, for months and months. And so after we put in the system, uh, these gentlemen were no longer able to deny the fact that they were there as we now have footage of them, their credit card, their ID, what they were doing, who they walked up with, and the money being laid out on the table. So um, that was uh, one way the system paid for itself.
0: Well, i I, I got to say that was the concern, and it wasn't the fact that the guy's the guy's wife goes like, hey, uh, "Why do you have pictures of you at a strip club with that girl?" <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't the issue. It was denying the credit card. It was, it was the chargebacks. Yeah. <laughs> the it was yeah, the chargebacks. Yeah, it's The
2: chargebacks. Yeah, that's a huge problem.
0: Well, I... No, but I just can't. I can't imagine like a secondary um, money issue coming out of this. Of of you know of you know. Bribery. I,
1: I think that <laughs> so, was that wasn't the first concern. The, the first concern was getting caught. And so they could just say that uh, my card was lost and somebody picked it up and went to the strip club or now there's definitely no, no claim against that.
0: How, how legit yeah, is that? Though, right? Being recorded. Yeah. How, how legit is that though? Being recorded and not um, having the, I don't know if it's a consent law or anything like that's associated with that. Cause I know in California there's a consent law with, some of the things like you know closeness to a, a location or whatnot. I think and only I don't know if we're recorded recording voice. Is.
2: Yeah, so video. If there's no expectation of privacy, I think anything goes. Recording voice, there are one party and there are two party consent states.
1: Correct. So yeah. at the time, I don't know if laws have changed since I've been out of that part of the industry for a long time. But um, in public, there's no. No issue there. The audio thing, a lot of times there would be some type of disclaimer when you would walk into a building that there might be uh, auto-recording. Or if you were to walk into uh, a room, there might be a small sign to kind of say that audio recording is a thing here. So that's one way that would kind of skirt around that. But, yeah.
2: You don't put it in the bathrooms. You don't put it in the locker room. But if you put it in a public area like near an ATM or wherever you get these these gentlemen club dollars. I think there's no expectation of privacy there. How about you, Glenn? Any funny Vegas stories?
0: Yes, but I don't know if I'll it's... Podcast appropriate. Podcast. <laughs> <I> <laughs> podcast appropriate. I'll preface right? that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, lots of good things. Uh, I know fights internally uh, with, with with close friends trying to get a drunk person from some nightclub back to the room. Uh That was quite an ordeal, um, dragging him through. At one point in time, there were, I'd like to say, six of us, um, three on each side, carrying uh, a friend uh, down the hallway of his hotel uh, just to get him in his room, and we were just done with him. The the only good part that came out of that was he didn't throw up on us.
2: (laughs) That is a plus. But yeah. Yeah. That reminds me. So I, I do have another story, actually. And it, it involved bringing a drunk girl back to her room. And it was like she was a friend of the group. Like there were a couple guys and there was a girl and she had consumed too much and we were helping her back to her room. And uh, we got stopped by the bouncer. And it's like, hey, 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 how come you're dragging this like half passed out girl out of here? And then she w- woke up. She's like, no, no, it's cool. He's my boyfriend. and She pointed to my buddy. So I'm like, oh, at least they check for things like that. That They didn't think that we drugged her and were taking trying to kidnap her
0: well it would have been good if they just said hey okay we'll follow you to the room make sure you get her in the room and you know she's safe right so yeah yeah
2: probably would have been the right move which would have been fine because yeah we we're her boyfriend was there and we we're taking taking them back to the room safely but yeah it's at least they look for things like that because they don't want to get into trouble yeah or do the right thing
0: i i gotta admit uh marcus that's a really good story that's that's awesome right um I don't think I have anything compare that other than the stuff that I know I, I shouldn't be saying on the podcast. So
1: <laughs> I have a lot of those stories. I'm trying to think of podcast-friendly ones. Um, Is I there such thought...
0: a thing for a Vegas podcast-friendly
2: story? Yeah, maybe this wasn't a good topic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't tell any of the good ones. <laughs> you know, you've heard the saying: "What happens
0: in Vegas stays in Vegas."
1: Yeah, uh, not yeah. always. Sometimes you take not it.
0: <laughs>
2: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we continue to get great comments about our dad joke of the week. Dad joke of the week. This week, our guest Barkus is up.
1: You know, what was funny about that was the one joke that I have wrote down, I'm fairly certain I've heard it on the podcast recently. So I'm going to say it, and I have a backup. And if you've heard it before, we're going to pretend like I didn't say it, and then we'll go on to backup.
0: All right. So, no worries. So, I got, a, uh, I got a bad memory. Chris has got a good memory. He'll he'll filter yeah. this one.
1: Chris will definitely know. So, do you know what Fifty Cent did when got he got hungry? Fifty eight.
2: <laughs>
0: oh, that hasn't been on there. Yeah, wow, no, that's wah, a new wah. one. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm
1: pretty wah, sure wah. there was one similar. There was a Fifty Cent. Yeah, there was a Fifty Cent,
0: cent
2: one. joke. I think it was right after the Super Bowl. We might have told a Fifty Cent joke. Yeah. No, I think it
0: had to do with his weight, right? He's no longer fifty cents. I think he's a buck fifty. He's a buck fifty, yeah. $2.50. Yeah. Two fifty. Two fifty. A dollar fifty.
2: All right, to wrap things up. Insider threats are serious, but security controls should exist to block them. No, Google's AI is not sentient. Education is better than shaming for phishing tests. Captchas may be gone for good if Apple has their way. And what happens in Vegas may not stay in Vegas. That's all I have for this week. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. You can find us all on LinkedIn. Links will be in the description. Follow us on Instagram at Podcast. Thank you to all our listeners and subscribers who raised five stars in the iTunes store and Spotify and left us a review. We appreciate you all spreading the word to help grow the show. The best way to find us is to search for the Podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. For my co host Glenn Medina and our guest Marcus Andrews. I'm Chris Louis. Thanks for listening. We'll see you all next weekend. As always, have a nice day.
0: Have a good one, everyone.
1: Thanks. You too. Thanks for having me.